Welcome to the Truth Testifies podcast, where true struggles are brought to light to encourage and heal ourselves and others. We all struggle. Be encouraged in it. Listen, then participate. Hosted by John Trent. Hi, I'm John Trent, and I hope everybody had a good week this last week. I know I did. Had some pretty stellar, you know, response from our last episode. Gained a, a like or two on Facebook, a few new followers on Twitter. Um, I think we hit, I don't know, a total of, I think, 70 to 80 views overall between the new episode and people going back and listening to some older ones. So, a super stellar week we got one episode that's almost to a hundred views and i i know that could be a couple of people listening more than once but you know as of right now i don't have any way of knowing that but here soon probably this friday or so i'm going to be upgrading my soundcloud account which is how i host everything to a pro unlimited account in order to uh, have more room for all the episodes in the future because they limit you to three hours when you're just a free account. And then I think the next level up is six hours. So I'm going to go ahead and go probably for the unlimited one, maybe go with just the pro one until I run out of that space just to save a little bit of money. But with that being said, with with that kind of new account, the reason I'm saying that is because I get kind of like stat tracking and I get kind of the more information on the back end, a few more options on, on how my page looks and how it's set up and all that sort of stuff. So, but it's going to cost money and I absolutely do not care to pay for this out of my pocket. It's a passion of mine. It's something that I enjoy. It's not necessarily something that I am trying to make into a career or change, you know, into my full-time daily thing. If that's what happens, amazing. If that's not what happens, totally fine as well. So I don't care to continue paying this out of my pocket, but if you would like to or feel moved to or just feel the urge to or desire or any of those sorts of things to help support it that the link to a gofundme page is on our website at www.truthtestifies.com and when you visit over there you'll also see you know our facebook page our twitter page um you can click on itunes our iTunes link in order to subscribe on iTunes or if you have an iPhone, you know, just go to podcasts and search out Truth Testifies Podcast. It'll pop up or even in your Android podcast subscribing apps, it'll pop up. We now also have the texting subscription where you sign up for a text to be sent to you every time there's a new episode. It'll have the link in it. Super easy. And it mostly just works well on smartphones so that you can just click on it. It'll open up and stream it right from your smartphone. So the number for that is 
1-800-242-5531. And you just text EZTTPODSUB to that number, and it'll automatically subscribe you. You only get, you know, we I do an episode a week, so you only get four, maybe five texts a month. And, you know, I'm not going to be sending out any kind of blast or any kind of promos or ads or anything like that. So, trying to keep this an ad-free and enjoyable experience. And that's kind of all I have for you this week. You know, just check out the website for more information. This week, I am putting out part one of two parts of a conversation that I had with a pastor friend of mine. His name is Vince Marquis. He is the pastor at Love City Church in Cincinnati, uh, more specifically the neighborhood of Norwood. If you're from Cincinnati or the area, that'll make sense. But if you're looking, f- if you do live in that area, and you're looking for a new church or just something to try out or Maybe you're not even in a church and you're like, I would just really love to get into a community that'll help me, you know, gain my understanding and of God and and start off my Christian life in a healthy way. Love City Church would be a wonderful, amazing place to start out. So their website is mylovecitychurch.org. So check them out. You can download his podcast if you just want to check out some of his sermons. Super passionate, super amazing guy. He He's real and honest, as you'll see from this conversation. And it's just a pleasure being around the guy, and I appreciated him coming on here. So, hope you enjoy it. So, uh, why don't you just go ahead and start by, you know, giving your... Your your kind of your background and your story of you know when you were younger and 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 like you were saying work your way into you know how that reflected onto your life. Yeah, for me, my biggest struggle stems from uh, a difficult childhood. Um, my mom was really young when she had me, and she was addicted to drugs, and my dad was never around. And uh, my adopted parents. Uh, the father figure in that situation wasn't around very much. And, um, the woman that raised me until I was 10 was depressed and physically abusive. And so just the coalescing of all of those factors led me to kind of build a defense mechanism of, of anger and frustration. And so I can remember at a young age, making a conscious decision that if I hated everybody, uh, that nobody could hurt me. I think back to that now, about how crazy it is for a young child to think that way. But that's that's really where I had arrived. And uh, the leftovers from that, so to speak, is that um, still today I find myself prone to anger and prone to slip back into the defense mechanism of of being frustrated or, or having a short fuse. Yeah. So you and feel like as a... That's a continual struggle. As a kid, you kind of... You know, you were too young and weren't in a nurturing enough situation to know how to deal with all that. So it's just that's just the way that you kind of went was like, you know, in your your youthful state, just like, hey, if I do this, then this will make my life a little bit easier. 
and you'll have a little bit of control over it, even though, you know, obviously in those situations you have very little control. Yeah, I think everyone, you know, is prone to come up with ways to cope with life, right? And, yeah. and my life was really, really jacked up. And so um, with limited resources, the, the coping mechanism I came up with was to push everybody away. And uh, what that meant is, you know, if I met you, my disposition was to hate you. Uh, and that meant you couldn't hurt me. I'd been hurt a lot by people that were supposed to care about me, you know, whether it was strangers or family. Um, people that were supposed to be helpful that were instead hurtful. And so uh, I just decided that I wasn't going to let that happen anymore. And gotcha. uh, that has had long-term impacts on, you know, my life. And, and of course there was no, there was no Christ. There was no, you know, attending church as a family. We had no connection to Jesus or his people. And uh, so I, I had no gospel gauge or, or grid to work through. Uh, with these struggles. Yeah. Yeah. So you feel, so it was more of a thing of not like if somebody started, you know, coming in your life and then they did you wrong and then you just hated them. It was more of like an immediate, just like anyone that, you know, stepped, stepped into your, your world was just like, I'm going to start out by hating you. Yes. Okay. Everyone was an enemy. I had decided that. Yeah. Yes. I gotcha. Sadly, but that's absolutely yeah. true. So then, you know, how did that work? You know, where where was kind of the turning point of of the next part of that that kind of story? Well, what happened was um, my mother got in contact with me, my biological mom, at about age ten, and um, she called me. And I remember sitting uh, sitting in the place I was, which is which is a rough environment, being on the phone with her, and she said. Uh, you know, do you want to come live with me? And I remember this, I was about 10 at this point. I remember looking around at my situation and I literally thought, I don't know where, what it's going to be like there, but it can't be worse than this. And, uh, so packed up a little, I had and moved out there with her and, uh, God is sovereign, man. And yeah. the story starts to get beautiful from there because, um, my plane landed in Kansas city. I was heading towards the Eastern side of Iowa, but my plane landed in Kansas city. My great grandparents picked me up there, took me to their house, which was near Des Moines, Iowa. And, uh, that was on a Friday and that Sunday morning, uh, they took me to gather with their church community. And I only remember a couple things. I remember they saying nothing but the blood because I having no gospel context. I remember being 10 thinking, man, why are they saying about blood? That's so weird. Right. <laughs> and then uh, I remember the yeah, we forget sometimes as Christians like what yeah. stuff we say inside of our bubble can be can be hard to understand how uh, how shocking Christianese terms can can be like yes what <laughs> yes yes it can be difficult but I remember that they sang nothing but the blood and I remember yeah. the pastor gave a call if anybody wanted to surrender their life to Jesus. And, and I don't, I couldn't answer you for sure, John, what happened at that point. I, mm -hmm. I do know that I felt incredibly compelled to answer that call. I can tell you that I didn't understand the gospel in its fullness, but I know God did something at that point. And, uh, so from then on, I, I moved to live with my mom. That was a difficult situation in different ways. Um, mm -hmm. and so 
we, we kind of nominally uh, attended the church, and there was at least some talk of Jesus. We weren't committed, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, as a family uh, to gospel mission or, you know, yeah, faithful in, in being a part of a church community. But so I, I did, I would have, I considered myself a Christian and dedicated to Jesus, but walked, you know, a windy path at best. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I'm sure doubling back and, and not always living out the life of a disciple. And uh, there was a few, you know, mile markers along the way, places where God reached to me and made himself known to me and um, things that impacted me. But uh, one very specifically was that um, the children's pastors at the church that we attended nominally uh, asked my mom, I was 12 years old, and they asked if they paid for me to go to camp if if they would let me go. And uh, so they did that. They paid for me, and I, I went down to a camp in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and um, God really increased my life there. Uh, the counselor, I don't know how old he was. His name was Ryan, but he, you know, he was a little bit older than me, but a godly man and listened to my story and really made an effort to let me know that he cared for me and that that impacted me in a deep way. I began to kind of crack that shell that mm-hmm. I created uh, to keep people out. And so because of that, uh, fast forward four years, I decided to go and be a counselor at that same camp. And uh, so I went through the training the first couple of weeks. And then uh, the first bunk of kids that I got uh, was about 20 kids from inner city Detroit. Wow. And uh, incredibly difficult situations. Within 10 minutes, my belt was gone. I was missing several other things. Uh, I mean, these kids were, they were rough, man. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was, it was difficult. You know, there was a cultural divide there that made it hard to relate to them. But within about two hours, man, I, I began to understand as I listened to them talk and I looked in their eyes that, much of the pain that I had dealt with in my life, they had experienced similar things. And even though our expression uh, or the outworking of those painful events was different, um, I felt my heart break for them. And yeah. God did a miracle for me that week, man. And so within within two or three hours, I had a bandana tied around my head. I had a rapper name. They called me Snowflake. And... Uh, <laughs> We were marching around the campgrounds, uh, freestyling and doing beats and stuff. So, uh, you know, for the listeners, I'm, I'm a, uh, rather large, very Caucasian corn fed <laughs> Midwestern boy. So, uh, it was comical to say the least. But, oh yeah. I'm they, sure it was for everybody they, else that they was fell there in love with me, man. Yeah. Yeah, that, it was. People that, thought it was real funny and it was, it was, yeah. it was a beautiful thing, man. That's and, awesome. Um, so I, I really, I think back, and I think that's the first, I really loved them by the end of that week. I cared about them, and I think they loved me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was where God broke me and really began to teach me how to surrender to Him and the beauty of of what love is. And, and I was open for the first time to the idea that uh you know, I, th- I think it was Queen Elizabeth that said, grief is the price we pay for love. And mm-hmm. up until that point, I wasn't willing to pay the price of pain anymore. 
to have relationship. And so I only had superficial, you know, interaction with people and I was suspicious of everyone. Yeah. Uh, but after that point, I realized I came to the point of understanding that love is worth the inevitable pain that comes from being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's amazing how God works because, you know, those children's pastors that heard God's voice and paid for me to go to camp had no idea what that was going to mean. And I can tell you today that their obedience to God is the reason I ever knew about that camp, is the reason I went down there as a counselor, is the reason I believe I'm serving Jesus today. And by the way, that camp is where I met my wife, which yeah. is uh, the reason that I'm in Cincinnati today, pastor in a church. And so... God is sovereign. He's a grand weaver. And uh, our obedience in seemingly small things can be really crucial, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like, you know, the the thing that jumped out to me and all that was, you know, just the action of that one counselor, you know, just listening to what you had to say. You know, he didn't have, I'm sure, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure he didn't have the answers on on even where to point you to fix any of that maybe or even like, the answers for the situation or, or he might not have even understood it fully, but just the heart to, to listen to somebody else. And that's kind of what, you know, oddly enough, your story really embodies, you know, my whole desire for this is just to give people the ability, you know, to, to say what they have going on and then give people the experience of listening to someone else's story so they can see, the value in it. And that brought you to the point of understanding it enough to have the desire to listen over time to other people's stuff. And, and God totally placed, you know, people with similar and yet different experiences from Detroit into your bunk to bring you that way. And it is so insane how, when you look back at stuff like that, you know, I know I can in my own life and I'm sure a lot of other people will be able to eventually, if not already, look at the way that these small little things just like align to bring you to where you're at and where you're at is like so amazing, but you're not able to necessarily look at that first point and say, you know what, one day I'm going to be there. And it's just, it's really awesome to, to hear all those little spots where, you know, a little bit of a correction by by God on the chart of your life really really brought you to somewhere totally new and great for sure. So that that's awesome. Yeah, man. I'm really thankful that's true. I'm thankful that that God is in control and that uh his hand shepherded me through all of that. And uh you know it's I actually had a conversation with a guy last night. Um who was really struggling with some of the difficulties of his life and not being able to square that with a depiction of God as good and loving and powerful. And, you know, if, if God is all those things and why has he had these struggles? And, um, I shared with him the story that, uh, in that first part of my life, there was an event that happened. I did something that, that made, uh, my, my adopted mom pretty upset. And, uh, I made a mess or something. It was, it was a bad deal. And, uh, she came in the room, saw what I did and, uh, grabbed me and, uh, slammed me up against a dresser and was choking me and choked me until I turned blue and passed out. And, uh, when I woke up, I think she was out on the phone. She had called someone cause she thought she killed me. And, uh, 
I remember getting up on my knees and I was crying and I screamed at the ceiling and I was, I was shaking my fist at God essentially and just saying, why, why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to endure this pain? And, uh, I was probably seven years old at this point. I don't even know John, why I was yelling at God. We had no, there's no talk of God in our house. I don't know where the concept even came from, but, uh, I was mad at him. And, uh, after that, I had I had blocked that memory completely. Um, mm-hmm. People sometimes do really painful stuff. They they forget it altogether, and I had done that. I had totally forgotten the event and the the subsequent kind of screaming at God. And uh, at that camp when I was sixteen, um, I was next the bunk next to me. The guy's name is David. He's one of my best friends to this day. He's from New Zealand, and uh, his parents were pastors, and he had a a relatively normal life, you know, no, no divorces, no real crazy stuff in his childhood. Right. Being a PK, of course, comes with its own challenges, but, um, you know, at night we would pray at night, we would pray with the kids and, uh, he was going around in in his bunk and he got to one little boy and he was crying and he asked him what was wrong. And this kid told him, uh, right before he came to camp that his parents had said they were getting a divorce and, um, he thought it was his fault. David just froze like a deer in headlights. He had no idea what to do with that. And, uh, he knew a lot of my story. And so he came and got me. And, uh, I took that little boy outside and I sat down with him and just prayed with him and listened to him and assured him out of my experience, I was able to speak with, with, you know, some level of authority because I'd been there. Right. Um, about why it couldn't be his fault and why, you know, the anger and frustration and pain he was feeling that there, that there was hope in Jesus that it wasn't always going to be that way. And, uh, as I was ministering to him, all of a sudden, like, like a vision, almost I could see myself, that memory of me being choked like that and then crying out to God, it, it rushed back into my mind. And as, as I was seeing this in my mind's eye, at the same time, I heard the Lord say to me, this is why. Wow. And my question to God was, why do I have to endure this? Why do I have to go through this pain? And uh, what I understood him to be telling me at that point was not that he caused any of that, but that he protected me and shepherded me through it and, uh, and allowed it because he could see forward that my life wasn't going to be just about me, but that my experience and the tribulation and issues that I'd gone through was going to equip me to be able to help and minister to somebody else. Yeah. And uh, I told the guy on the phone last night, after that experience, God speaking that to me, I've, I've never again in my life questioned God uh, when I've gone through a trial. I, yeah. I just trust him that when I'm going through something that's a struggle, uh, that there is a purpose in it. I don't believe he sends those things or causes those things, but I believe he uses those things. And, uh, I'm just thankful it can all lead to our good and his glory. Absolutely. Well, I thought that was pretty great, in my personal opinion. (laughs) Uh, He brings great perspective and insight to a lot of things, and he's... I can't wait for you guys to hear part two of all that next week. So make sure if you enjoyed this to check back in Wednesday next week for the next episode. With that being said, 
after that, I have run out of content. You know, I, I had a little bit of a jump start and was hoping to be able to fill in some slots during this jump start period. But now that jump start period has turned into I only have about a week and a half left of it. So if you've heard this and you enjoyed it and you feel led or the desire to or move to share your story, whether it's something you're going through right now that hasn't resolved or something that you went through in the past that's either resolved or still being resolved, uh, you know, feel free to go to the website, truthtestifies.com, look for the number on there, give that number a call or email me with your kind of like a summary, a quick summary of your story and I'll check it out and we'll be in touch and all it is is just a conversation over the phone and it's pretty fluid, it's pretty laid back and I'll edit it together and send it to you to see if you approve of it first and then you know we'll get something rolling if you're interested in doing that please do so i would appreciate it i hope you have a wonderful week